there, Chicago Rink Rats. Hope you are well and happy Thanksgiving to you all. This is Season 5, Episode 8 of the Chicago Rinkcast from therink.com. Goalie wins! Recapping the last win and looking ahead to tonight's contest versus Calgary. On the show tonight, we're missing a couple, but we've got great people here aboard. We've got... Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. (laughs) We've got the gatekeeper. Gate is here. He's back, ladies and gentlemen. It's Mr. Osborne. Welcome back, Jeff Osborne. Great to have you here, my friend. How you been? Glad to be here. Awesome. And then we've got the Bard. Strong Island's the Bard. Welcome back, Bard, after a one-week hiatus. Great to see you, buddy. How's it going? Great to be back. What's going on? We're doing. We're doing. We are talking Blackhawk hockey tonight. The last time we met, they were headed on this this pseudo-West Coast slash Midwest uh, road trip, and right now they are headed into Game Four. They are two and one. We said two and two at the worst. Can they go three and one tonight? They've got a shot to go three and one on this road trip. Do they have a shot? That's the real question. They're playing a very, very tough and very battle-tested Calgary Flames team, the best in the West, if you will. Quick shout out to our sponsor, www puck hockey. That's p u c k h c k y dot com. Use discount code the rink in all caps. If you want 10% off of some great rink swag, there's some really good stuff online, please go check it out. 100 bucks gets you a free t-shirt if you're into it. But make sure you check out our rink wet, rink wet, wink wet, where? Easy for you to say. I know. It's really, really good stuff. So anyway, awesome. We're going to ride this out. We've got puck drop in less than an hour. Hopefully, Shawnee will be joining us. But let's talk a little bit about what went on in their previous game a couple nights ago, they played Vancouver. They were outplayed in every category. They gave up 30 shots through the first two periods, four goalposts, and the flower, Mark andre Fleury, who many said, oh, do we really want this guy? Well, yeah, since his, uh, since his tough road, I think in the last five games, he's had a 93-plus save percentage and a shutout victory. Does this look familiar? Gate. What do we think, man? What are we going to do here? These are not the kind of wins you love to see. You kind of go, uh, we've seen this, right? Well, apparently he's the one guy in Chicago that could get Jeremy Calton fired, right? <laughs> there you go. All right. So, I mean, and, uh, and all uh, of a sudden, Cal- yeah, Calton's gone. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden, magically, he is playing better. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know if it was a, you know, I, I highly doubt that it was, you know, a conscious thing with him, but for some reason, he just didn't play well behind whatever Calatin was putting out there. Derek King comes in, settles everybody down, loosens up the mood. And then Marc-Andre Fleury is now playing like Marc-Andre Fleury again. How long it can last, though? I mean, he gets injured a lot. Uh, you know, to stay at this level every single game is going to be rough. Uh, I, I can't see it happening all the time. I mean, literally, he had to be perfect to win this game. And you can't be perfect every single game. Agreed. Agreed. Bard, what do you think, buddy? Yeah, it's not something that can happen as as far as long-term success goes. I mean, he, we all know how great he is, but I, but like Gates said, I think, you know, I'm just waiting for him to get injured. It's just, he, it happens all the time with him. And, you know, this team needs to be better in front of him. They, they played better since Derek King became the head coach. Um, no question about that, but to you know, expect this what Q used to call them goalie wins, and and for that to be their 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 number one go to way of winning hockey games, it's not really an identity that's going to be you know set up for long term long term success. 
Yeah. I mean, we saw this with Corey Crawford and I mean, this was, it was just not a good recipe. Right. Hawks were winning when they were winning cups, they were dominating teams. When they were not in the playoffs, they relied on goalie wins. I mean, it's actually that simple. I mean, it was just, you know, it is. And that's why it's like, I've always believed that you need to build the defense and need to build the team down the middle in at, at center, because, you know, if you can possess the puck and, play defense and keep the puck away from your goaltender. All you need is your goalie to make a couple of key saves and then you're, you know, you're fine. And that's essentially what, um, uh, you know, what they did in 2010 and what they did in look, 2013, maybe a little bit different, but look how many shots on goal they allowed. They were one of the best in the league. So, and they all, and their puck possession was phenomenal. And that's why yeah. they were winning. Now it's, as you said, it's the opposite. So you can't yeah. really rely on that. Right. And ladies and gentlemen, Sean Fitzgerald is here. And so we're so happy to see him. And the hat that he is wearing is the best oh, thing, maybe that Chicago sports has going right now. The best in the East in the NBA. Tell us about that dome before we get into the Hawks, my friend. It is a Mitchell and Ness. Um, I think I got a, a throwback hat. So um, I got this. It's on Amazon of all places. Uh, Mitchell and Ness does a lot of nice, a lot of nice uh, throwbacks. I also have a shirt. It says winning the cup. Isn't everything? It's by Bring Hockey Better. Um, the logo on this side, or uh, the logo right there. <laughs> I can't. Um, is to raise awareness for uh, sexual assault and things like that. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, part of the part of the donation from the shirt went to raa.org, I believe, which is a sexual assault um, gotcha. organization, but. Um, goalie wins. Yeah. yeah. Did anyone point out that the, the, the opponents that the goalie wins have come against are inferior competition? Like, well, yeah. I mean, I, let's look at the, who are the Blackhawks four wins against Vancouver, Arizona, Pittsburgh, Ottawa, right? All teams that are Pittsburgh scuffling everybody. The rest are all bottom feeders. Yeah. And Edmonton, they stood no chance. Um, you know, we're going to get in tonight in a little bit, but I have a feeling it could be very, very similar. Mm-hmm. And uh, that Edmonton game was a joke. It was like, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It was over before it started it was Over five minutes in. <laughs> yeah. Which doesn't make any sense. So those of you that are thinking that flower power is going to sweep through the nation as it did in the summer of 1968, 69, or maybe that was 67. I don't know. My uncle went to San Francisco in 67, never, ca- never came back. But if you want to jump on that, you know, flower train right now, with the Chicago Blackhawks. Hey, it's great to admire a terrific goaltender because he is that Hall of Fame goalie, no disputing any of that. But uh, is this going to be the answer uh, to the Blackhawks' woes? And the answer is probably negative, unless at the end of the day there's some sort of nice return, um, if you will, at the trade deadline. But uh, more on that in a little bit. So they're going in tonight. They have a shot at going 3-1 and on their road trip. I, you know, chance shot, maybe, maybe not. I personally believe that they're going to get absolutely destroyed tonight. Um, sorry, Hawks fans. I do not think tonight is going to be a worthwhile cause. You might be turning off your television a little early and getting a little bit more excited and aggressive for the Wednesday night before Thanksgiving, as opposed to uh, going out and celebrating a win tonight. That said, some lineup changes in the cards, all right? Kurashev, healthy scratch. Sean, I want to hear your thoughts about that. You got Kurashev out, Tyler Johnson in on our last podcast. We talked about maybe it's time for Kershev to have a seat and think about some things. Let's talk about some of those lineup changes. Who else? Wyatt Kulinick in the lineup because Gustafson, not only is he good at letting in goals for, for his team, he also takes out his teammates. 
which is awesome, which is great to see him check uh, someone into his teammate, Riley Stillman. We don't know how long Stillman is out for. We'll find out when we get back. Johnny, lineup changes. Will it matter tonight? What do you think of these? We're going to start with you. I don't think it's going to matter tonight, but for the long term, I think benching Kurashev was the right move. I believe it was you, Andy, last week that said that Kurashev has been unnoticeable and probably needs a game in the press box just to kind of figure himself out. Um, he's had two points in the last five games. Um, in the Seattle game, it was that assist to Alex Debrinkit that, as Gate pointed out on his Kraken Hostel podcast, uh, Philip Grubauer probably should have saved. Um, in Vancouver, he played six minutes and 25 seconds. So the, the lowest among all players for Kurashev. So that's that's what they, they think of him right now. Uh, Tyler Johnson's coming off an injury. It's, it's Right now, he's the guy you got to replace in the lineup. Um, Wyatt, I think Wyatt Kalyanek being in the lineup is because um, – I apologize. Is Caleb Jones in the lineup? I miss that. I know they're trying to bring him back slowly, so maybe that's another reason why he's not in the lineup. And um, as Gate put out on the old Twitterverse, um, and Andy mentioned, Eric Gustafson checking uh, a forward into the back of Riley Stillman's leg, and Riley Stillman is now on the injured injured reserve. So, yeah, yeah. it doesn't. And- look- Nobody cares, Sean. Nobody cares. <laughs> it doesn't look like they're going to have Caleb Jones tonight. So, um- and I um I had a quote earlier. Derek King said. Something about Eric Gustafson, what I thought was rather uh, striking. I know this isn't about him, but that they were he was working his way back, and that's why they played him six minutes and eight minutes in one game. And now that he's worked his way back, that's why he's earning more playing time. Worked his way back from what? I don't know, but that's that was Derek Queen, Derek King's quote. Derek Queen, <laughs> that was great. Yeah, there we go. Gabe, what are your thoughts on tonight with uh, the lineup changes and even just the matchup against Calgary? I mean, Calgary's red hot. I mean, it's not going to really matter who you put in the lineup. Uh, It's a bunch of middle six players uh, and people who are underperforming, a lot lot of them, like Mr. Jonathan Taze. His possession numbers are are okay, but he's not scoring. Uh, You know, so much for those 30 goals he was going to score this year. But, I mean... uh, you're shuffling. You're sh- like like JJ used to say, shuffling chairs on the on the deck of the Titanic. Yeah, it's really all it is. Uh, the team is what the what the team is. They got a little bit of a boost by this the, the Derek King change. Like, hey, oh, you know, we we cost this guy. He's, we got cost Jeremy Collett at his job, and uh, they got a little bit of a boost out of that. But then they are you know right back to to giving up the goals like they did against Edmonton, which were you know they they were out of the game early on. That game, you know, the second and third period were just you know immaterial after that and uh you know they and their goalie had to be perfect against Mm -hmm. the canucks who are struggling mightily basically everyone in the league wants the entire front office fired including the coach because everyone's underperforming and they just barely beat them scoring one goal from brandon hagel mr middlesex forward himself uh it's not gonna matter i mean Calgary, you you could be right. Calgary could slaughter them tonight, and then the Blues could come in and uh, into Chicago next game and uh, just put them through the boards. Yeah, I mean Brandon Hagel, who's now on the second line tonight. I mean, <clears throat> I think that's where we are, and then this, that's of no disrespect to Brandon Hagel. In fact, that's kind of a hey, congratulations, buddy. 
But Brandon Hagel's not a second line guy. I mean, I don't, you know, I just don't see it. I mean, Bardo, what do you think, man? I mean, so, Taves, Taves and Kubalik are splitting up tonight. Does that matter at all? I don't think it's going to. I mean, quite frankly, I mean, going back to what I was going to say about Kurashev is that having watched him a lot, I mean, and he was a guy that, you know, I, I liked watching him play a lot. He looks very lost this year. Yeah. He, it's almost like they added all these adults into the room and he just is like, wait a second, what the hell just happened? Because last year he was among a bunch of kids for the most part. And he, he kind of thrived in that environment. And, you know, and, and who knows, maybe he's a Colleton guy. I don't know. And I, I kind of doubt it because I don't think anybody is. But um, he just he this year, he just looks totally lost and doesn't know kind of where to fit in. And, you know, I think he just needs to play his game and just not think about it too much. And I think that's really what the issue is. So I, I agree. I think this is a good break for him. Um, so yeah, I mean, getting Tyler Johnson back, you know, we know what he can do with his experience and all that. Um, but again, I, I'm, I'm with Shawnee on this one is this, these are more long-term moves, not anything that's going to make a difference tonight. Yeah. You know what it's almost like is, uh, like we were talking about in the pre-chat, like these kids that were all on e-learning for two years. Mm-hmm. Now they get back into school and they're struggling. <laughs> right. no the, prime on. example of what Barta was talking about. That's yeah. a great, that's a great call. And yeah. he is. Philip Kurashev is playing uh, just about 40 seconds less per game. He averaged 13.05 last year. This yeah. year it's 12.25. So there I'm, he's yeah. on his average ice time. I was going to say, I think he is a Colleton guy because he, Colleton had him when they were doing well down in, in Rockford. So yeah, he, they he also, be a Colleton guy. But they also had like every fringe NHL player that played in the Blackhawks organization when yeah. Colleton was doing well during his playoff run. You mean like Rockford. Brett Conley? They did not have Brett Conley was lighting it up. Kershev came in hot last year. He was also, you know, he had 13 games under his belt in the Swiss League with Lugano. And so he came in, he had been competing. So when he showed up for the first 10 games in Chicago, everyone was like, wow, love this kid. And then the the gradual decline was pretty significant once everyone got into game shape and caught up. And now you got a training camp and everything else. And maybe he's just, he's just kind of a guy right now. But I mean, I don't. I don't know if this will happen, but I mean, if if the Hawks eventually do fold at some point and just decide this season is lost, which could be as early as the middle of December or just right around post holidays, you know, I mean, put Kershev in Rockford for a while and give him the confidence and have him pump in some goals. I mean, he's, you know, the games he's played so far this year, what is he, five assists minus six or something like that? I mean, he hasn't done much. He hasn't scored a goal. No, no Um, goals. It's all assists and his assists. His like his last two assists were basically like gimmies. Like Alex DeBrinket just had two great finishes. Right. I mean, he's waiver exempt, so you could put him through without having to put him through waivers. Exactly. Why not take advantage of that? I mean, even if you wanted to bring up Reichel, and and we could debate that. Even if you wanted to bring up Reichel, send Kershiv down, bring Reichel up. If you wanted to do that, you could do it. Why not bring up Brett Connolly? I'm dead serious. Bring up Brett Connolly. He's got two years left on his deal. I think at $3 million, they got to try to move every asset they can at some point. Why not showcase Brett Connolly? They're going to have to pay somebody to take him. Yeah, and where does that that put them with a cap if they bring up Connolly? I don't know. Uh, Good thing I have the cap cap page pulled up right now. Right now they have um, about $5 million in cap space. Yeah, okay. So what what is Connolly making? He is, is making three point five, so they could do it. Do it's it. gonna it's, it's gonna eat at what they're gonna have at the deadline, but it's not gonna matter at the deadline anyway. Yeah, Thank no, I, I I think that'd be a really good idea. I mean, because I, I still think, 
you know, we haven't we haven't seen or heard the last of Kershev. I still think he's got a shot to have a decent career. I don't think it's time to flush him and say forget about him. He's 22 years old. He still has a lot that he can learn. I do think there's more upside with him as far as him going to Rockford and getting more tutelage than a guy like Hardman. I mean, you can mm-hmm. keep Hardman around just having battle, 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 battle. Yep. You know, I don't, I don't know if you're going to send down Hardman and and really improve his scoring touch very much. So, you know, I this hopefully this might not just be a sit in the press box one one night type deal because uh, Kershev certainly has to has to get her going. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of in that in that same vein. I mean, we're kind of we've been talking about. No, we, everyone's been waiting for finally that time. We've been waiting for about four years right now for maybe they'll catch lightning in a bottle. They'll turn the corner and all of a sudden, but here we are again. And and we're always, we're always in the same spot or the last five years have been in the same spot with the Chicago Blackhawks. I mean, this is what they are, right? I mean, are they going to be much better than they are right now? I know Derek King came in and that was great. And that was lovely. And oh, good. Colleton's out. Cause we know he's not the guy. Can we expect any more from this team? Barring some sort of miracle six to two convincing win over Calgary tonight, I mean they don't have any signature wins. I don't think they'll get any signature wins. Bardo, is this just what we're going to have here? Is this it? I mean, I mean I'm assuming they're not going to win tonight. I mean, if they come out like a house of fire and win this game and and make a statement, then yeah, we'll see. And then you know, then comes the next game, and it's like, are they just going to rest on their laurels and lay an egg because right. they just you know had a big win? So I just don't know what the mental makeup of this team is. If they're so hard to read because, you know, as expected, they had that little bump after the uh, after the Colleton firing, King hiring, which you usually get with an interim coach. But it's like, how long is that going to last? I mean, we've seen it last to a team that wins the Stanley Cup. We've seen it where a team, you know, you know, fades into the night. So. I don't know. Uh, I'm not optimistic, and I and I know I was one of those uh, early in the season that says it's not over. But I mean, we're running out of time here, and you know, it's just some things are just really not changing. So, yeah, I agree. Gatekeeper, what do you say, buddy? Uh, it's the same thing we've we've all been saying. I mean, the the, the two wins were the the two wins were really on the back of the the adrenaline of the coaching change. Yeah, and now they're kind of going back to who they, you know, like Dennis Green always said, they are who we thought we were. They yeah. were right, like that. That's kind of how it is. And they started off slow because maybe they weren't as good as everyone had originally thought they were going to be. I even thought they were going to be better. I thought they were going to probably make. They were going to at least compete Whoa. to be in the playoffs. Bunch the, of us the, talking playoffs. Yeah, the, the rate they're going to have to play at now to yeah. just make the playoffs is like some like eight, 108 point pace or something like right. that, which they're never going to do because first of all, they give up a ton of shots and third of, or second of all, they, uh, they take the least amount of shots in the league. Right. They're the lowest. They, they, they put on the lowest amount of shots on net in the entire league. So they got to get people in there that can shoot if they're going to score goals and they haven't been doing that. So, right. I mean, if they're going to, if they're going to win tonight or have any chance of winning tonight, you need Mark Andre Fleury to be lights out. And you need you need a cane, and you need to bring it to carry the whole load. I mean, that's it. That's the only way they're going to win games. I mean, they have no secondary scoring. Their second line doesn't score. It doesn't happen. Which, I mean, which I is sad because it's got Jonathan Taze. I don't. Know. And he's not scoring. He's got he's no goals. Goose right? egg. He might go into December without a goal. Very um, likely. Having, having played every game. As a you know what? Now everyone should go out right now and start betting. Get the, uh, the the Tommy's puck line and bet on Jonathan Tay scoring the first goal tonight because we just That's said it wasn't going to happen. That's an idea. 
Did yeah, Tommy have that on his puck line? I I, I didn't. I, I didn't see, but uh, I'm going to say right now. I'm I'm pulling it right now for Tommy's puck line. Jonathan Tate scores the first Blackhawks goal tonight. I like that, Johnny. What do you say, man? Are we hopeless at this point? I think we are. I was actually having this discussion with a listener of the pod. Uh, actually, one of our listeners. Well, there's one that won the eye. Uh, at least one. At least one. At least Give it one. To us. Who is it? Give me um, uh, I'm I'm not going to embarrass him on the pod. No names. No names. Okay. But uh, he does you listen. There, we love you. Yeah, yeah. We do. Right. And we had the discussion, and basically, we came to the conclusion that they're good enough to beat the bad teams, but they're not good enough to beat anybody else. There it is. Like there. that. That's that's what they are. Which and, is what they were last year. It's it's amazing that they're that again this year after the turnover they did. You know, right? And I think which what really, back, which goes back to the bigger point: you're either rebuilding or you're you know you're kind of going for it. This is the both. This is what's called being in the middle. What's called mediocre. It, it's it's and not it's even mediocre. mediocre. It's hockey hell because you're not bad. You're not bad. Well, you could be bad enough to be in the lottery, but you've already traded that pick away for a quote unquote number one defenseman. Yeah. And one now <laughs> you don't know what and you're sh- shout out to our guy John Jekyll. It's like being half pregnant. Oh jeez. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Go ahead, Sean. Sorry. I didn't no, mean no, 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 no. I mean it what I really what I really want to know and and what what they should be thinking about. I know um Gated posted this in a chat or somebody had that they're slow rolling trying to figure out who that's gonna be the next president or whatever. Like these decisions need to be made now because they need to know what direction they're going. That's the most important decision right now. I mean, do you really think it's going to disrupt things that much if they were to pick the guy now? It's not like, do it, get it out of the way. Right. You can do it, do it. Right. And then let the guy start putting his imprint on the organization, whether it's trading, whatever you, you know, just make moves. You got to do something. Yeah. We've said this before. This is a oh, I'm sorry, Shawnee. I keep cutting. No, you're good. You're good. Go yeah. ahead. I mean, we've said this before. The way to do it, the model to do it is the New York Rangers. I mean, publicly come out and just say, we are rebuilding. We're going to make some unpopular moves. A lot of you are disappointed. Now the Rangers are flying and they've got, what, $9 million in space? Yeah. In space right now to play with before the deadline. And, and they look great. And they just said, look, we failed you. We're going to be getting rid of some guys. You know, they prioritize their goaltending ahead of the King, ahead of Lundqvist. You know, and they just said, we're just, we're not going to ride jersey sales. We're going to do this the right way. And now they're doing it. And then so, you know, I the mean, Blackhawks tried to kind of do that when they came out last year and said, we're going to go young and all that. I think they thought that's what they were telling people when it really wasn't. Um, and then they and then they turn around during the summer and do the complete opposite. Do a 360, bring in a whole bunch of veterans. And then the report from ESPN was. Oh, we haven't changed direction. We have nothing's changed from the plan. We're still rebuilding. You're rebuilding by bringing a whole bunch of guys in their later 20s and early 30s into your organization and trading away your first round pick. People bought in, and I'm one of them. You know, oh, I was too. And they keep on saying, yeah, they keep on saying rebuilding. All you know, we're 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 going to we want to win right away, and yet we're still rebuilding. We haven't lost focus of that, as what Stan Bo said. Thank God he's gone. But right. you know what I'm saying? Like that was the that was the vision. But that's yeah, not a vision. That's that's like yeah. half-ass. And I, I don't know who knows. I, this is all completely speculative. What I'm about to say, and so I, I want to clarify that. But you know, Stan Bowman could have seen the writing on the wall. He knew the team was being investigated. 
he might have said, the only way I could possibly save my job is if we have a really, really hot start somehow. So I got to make every single move possible. Again, this is that's total speculation. But how else can you justify what happened in the offseason with these big signings when they were saying it's time to rebuild? And now it's not working. I mean, I don't, you know, it's just well, the only of- thing I can think of to justify it is the fact that how big they are about, you know, putting butts in seats and selling right. merchandise, yeah. et cetera. Maybe they said that- we need the money. I don't know. Yeah, oh, and, and or they tried to appease. Years. Yeah, or they tried to appease Kane and Taves because they didn't want to be on a quote unquote rebuilding team. So yeah. Stan Bowman did what they could. And Andy, I like your speculation because I think I I kind of agree with it. I think Stan Bowman was like, "Well, I'm going to change the narrative before this comes out." Right. So then this yeah. the team being good and everything will overshadow everything. I don't think any of those guys thought that the team would be this bad and then the fallout from the Brock and Jenna report would be this bad. That's why I think they made all those moves. I think, I think Stan Bowman and his infinite arrogance thought that he would be above it all, no matter what. I would agree. I would agree. Arrogance. Well, they arrogance felt they've been like that since like 2013. They've been arrogant about everything they've done. Well, yeah. So. Arrogance without pedigree is just arrogance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. You so just explained it. the St. Louis Blues before they won the cup a couple of years ago. Yeah. <laughs> arrogance, arrogance yeah. without pedigree, or the most recent Nashville Predators. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There, you go. there you go. Regular regular season champs. Yeah. Arrogance so, without I, pedigree. I like that, Sean. So now here we are again, another season where it's late November and we're already talking about the trade deadline. You know, which which goes to our next point. You know, uh, Mark Lazarus, who I disagree with frequently. Um, did, <laughs> did, did Me too. Out. Yeah, I want to clarify that as well, um, but did come out with a pretty compelling uh, article today from The Athletic talking about now what do you do? Because now all of a sudden, you know, if you think about three or four years ago when the Hawks were doing what they're doing right now and you're going, oh, my gosh, you still have these ten and a half million dollar contracts of Kane and Taves, you know, that are going to be on the books for what seems like an eternity. Uh, now you have about, what, 18 months left of those or something of that fabric where, you know, you've got, you know, Kane and Taves this summer will be eligible for extension talks entering the final years of their contract. The same applies for Debrinket. That might be the first person you talk to about an extension. And well, I mean, you could build around an Alex Debrinket or, oh, totally. he's a, he's or a, a Dominic Kubalik or something like that. They still got youth. They still got their career building ahead of them. I don't, I don't know what to do about Jonathan Tazen. I don't know. I don't know what you do there. I mean, I don't either. Maybe, maybe you just, I don't know. So, I mean, let's start with Taves. Let's start with Taves. Bard, what do you do? Trade him. Trade him. Absolutely trade him. I mean, question, question, question 1B to that. How? How? Um, How You may have to eat some money uh, without a doubt, but there, I think there's going to be value here. Knowing that he may not be the scorer, scorer that he was um, in the past, um, but he still can provide you at, with being a second, third line center, penalty killer. Right. Um, you never know what he can do in the playoffs, but he does have playoff experience. Um, the health is certainly a risk, but, you know, I think there's there's a team out there, um, and you know, who, who just brought up the Rangers. I was actually talking to a friend of mine who's a diehard Ranger fan, and he, um, yeah. he was saying, he's like, Taze would be a perfect fit for the oh, team God. right now. He's like, with Strom out right now, which I think he is, um, we don't even say that name. No, he's talking about Ryan Strom. <laughs> no, Ryan Strom. No, I don't, I don't care. We can't get. He can't I get away from Strom. 
<laughs> why, not, why not just a, a Strom to fill in for a Strom? It's like that yeah. Seinfeld where uh, every time Kramer hears Nancy Hart, he starts convulsing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or whatever it is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's, yeah. that's totally yeah. great. That guy needs to chill out. <laughs> but he the seat was angry, my friends. Yeah, I mean, he would be a good fit for that team because they're a relatively young team and there's yeah. somebody with experience there. Um, you know, there's others who could use a Jonathan Taves, but probably not at that price. So, yeah, they're going to have to eat some money. Uh, we all knew when this contract was signed that it was going to probably suck down the road. Um, so here we are down the road and it's going to suck probably. No one's going to take a full $10 million in, especially in this, you know, COVID era. Well, that's so, what I'm saying. I mean, can what what can, can they do it this year when he still no, has ten and a no. half? That's what I don't think they can do. They might even just crazy. just think about this for what Jonathan Taze gives you on the ice, and he's a leader, right. and he's all that stuff. Yeah. Is he worth five million dollars? No, probably not. I think so. Even if you eat half of his salary for this year and next year, I don't think you're getting that. That team is getting five million dollars worth of player. That right. was what they argued about with Duncan Keith. Are they getting five million dollars worth of? you know, worth of production out of Duncan Keith for, yeah. you know, what they traded for and, and that, that cap hit. And probably not. You're probably getting yeah. a two and a half million dollars worth from Duncan Keith, or you're getting $2 million worth from Jonathan Taze. I don't know that the teams in the upper echelon that are going to, yeah. that are going to grab that guy to push him over the edge are going to be able to take $5 million for a third line center. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. And, and that I'll agree with it, that this year is going to be the harder time to, to trade him. I would obviously try to do it, but I mean, right. in the off season, maybe you'll be able to do it and 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 still have to eat some money, or maybe you send them over to you know one of the burial grounds like Ottawa and Arizona that just stash all these big contracts. You, you can't. I, I don't think they would ever do it. Well, and he has to wave to do. He that. has to wave to yeah, do it, true. and he's he's actually getting paid. He'll be he's due seven million dollars. His cap is ten. He's doing. Well, he's due me, seven wait, wait, million dollars. Couch that though, if his health does not allow him to come back next year. Then you can do it. Then you do it. You put it. Definitely. Then it's then LTIR. It. My point. Yeah. 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 But so, I, I think we're overvaluing. Um, and uh, Dutch just kind of brought up the question here. I think we're yeah. a boy Dutch. Boy I think Dutch. we're over. We're overvaluing what Jonathan Taves is worth right now. I think like I mean, he. I don't think he's worth nearly like. I think you're going to have to eat some of his salary, and you're going to have to give him a player like Kurashev for somebody to take his deal. And you're Which not going to get... happen with Tyler Johnson. That's the whole Tyler Johnson. He's like he's like Tyler yeah, Johnson yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're so a tough contender going after Jonathan Taves. We're looking for a face-off guy, a penalty killer, and a shutdown guy. That's yeah. It. Then we're taking we're taking their trash back, right. and it's going to be a high salary cap hit. Yes, it is. That's yeah. what that's. It's going to be a Brett Conley. Right. This yeah. is this is this is a high ho Silva Milton Bradley deal. <laughs> to, to put it in in a, another sports term, that's what it is. Or Brett Connolly coming back with Henrik Borgstrom right. and all those other guys. Like no, it's, I, do, yeah. I do think that you can probably get if I'm just hypothetical here. Um, I think if you can get if if the Blackhawks are willing to take half of it, and I think another team would be willing to spend five million per as a cap hit on a second slash third line center next year. Well, I don't know what it is this year. I mean, it was, let's just say the remaining, whatever that oh, right. is. The prorated. Uh, prorated next right. year is a no-brainer. Someone could do that. And then next year, right. But that's what I'm saying is that if you're getting a year and two months, so essentially right. two playoff runs, I think there's a team out there that would do that. Just you make know, sure he doesn't get in front of a microphone, though. 
because well, he's then there's that yeah no interview Dang. <laughs> here's it now now our, our buddy dutch out there dutch how are you thanks so much for listening tonight also wants to know about patrick kane obviously a bigger commodity a hotter commodity if there's oh what what kind of team would patrick kane fit on right now every team. everybody every. every every single team in the nhl could you deal patrick kane this year I bet you probably could. You'd, be, you'd have a better chance than Jonathan Taves. I think the bigger question, though, is, and Mark Lazarus brought this up. I can't believe I keep giving, giving Mark Lazarus credit. I need to watch it. <laughs> but but their, their loyalty to the Blackhawks, these two guys, I mean, they, they might just want to stay here. They're not going anywhere unless they want to. Right. And they could just, you know, Patrick Kane's, you know, he's got a kid now. He really likes Chicago. They could just say, no, we're fine. Sure, we'll take a – will they take a hometown discount? I don't know. Taves will have to. Taves is going to have to take a discount. Kane yeah, but take a discount. No here, 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 here's the X factor. Do you let an interim GM trade right. Jonathan Taves or Patrick Kane? Right. No, you don't. No. Right. And it's... with Rocky and, and the way they think, they think with their wallets, right? Yeah. They're still going to be able to sell jerseys with 1988 on the ice, no matter what they're doing on the ice. Yeah. They're still going to be able to do. They're still going to be able to sell jerseys, and you're not going to let your interim GM trade those guys because that will be the end of his career. Because yeah. it will never bring anything higher than what those guys are providing for this team, yeah. and the fans will crucify him, and it, it, the, he will be the guy that traded those guys. I don't and think it's going to happen. All the reason that you do it, and then you let him go. I, I think it's. Oh, I think cold. it's. I think it's the Lazarus. <laughs> the Lazarus reason. Then you wait it out. Yeah, that's the you wait it out because I. You, you ride it out. You ride out the last two years. I think then, that's what's going to happen. And then you go from and there. It's good. They're going to ride it out. You could lowball Taves. Until next year's trade deadline. No, I think they Taves ride it out million the whole year. Deal. Really? Do something like that. Yeah. I don't know what you do with Kane, but you could lowball Taves if you want to keep him around. Give, you know, offer him a $2 million, you know, for three, you know, uh, $2 million a year for three years or something like that to come around and, and be the third line center to teach Kirby Doc and all those guys. Sure, I, I, you could probably do that. Patrick Kane, you're not going to be able to do that. He's still at a level where he's producing. Well, I okay. Well, worst case scenario, like if, if Jonathan Taves walked, I, I'd be bummed. If they watch Patrick Kane test the market and they miss. Well, we'll forget. Well, don't don't forget. Lazarus pointed this out in the article. I would lose my mind. Seth Jones is Seth Jones's cap it is nine point five million. You're going to have to pay Alex to bring it and. Then you have to choose between Taves and Kane. So are you gonna are you gonna roll with three close to ten million dollar cap hits on your team on a team that needs help everywhere else? Well, I don't I think you are. Yeah, but they have I to think, wait. I think the biggest the wild card, I think the biggest wild card here is what is the plan and what is the vision for moving forward? Because if you get a GM in here that says, I am gonna tear this some bitch down and I'm going to rebuild Woo! it. <laughs> I'm going to rebuild the thing. Yeah, I went a little stone cold on that. Holy um, fucking yeah! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to me, it's like if you're rebuilding, I don't think Kane and Taves are going to want to stick around with that regardless of loyalty. And I can see them saying, you know, whoever the GM is, we appreciate your loyalty to the team, but in the best interest of the future of the franchise, we want to move you. Yeah. Wave your no trade clause. I don't know. I mean, I their loyalty might be as strong as – as anything. I mean, considering that neither one of them have gone in yet over the last five years and gone, get me out of here. Can I, can and, I throw one wild card in there? Look at what just yeah. happened though, with, with the whole Kyle beach thing. Now they yeah. have that hanging over them. They were, sure. they were killed on that. 
by the media. They were killed on that by a lot of people, by fans, among others. By me? By, by, by Shawnee, most important. But you know, yeah. like, now it's like, do you want a fresh start and get the hell away from this? Yeah. I, or do I the do the Blackhawks want that fresh start to that wipe too. that slate 100%. clean? That's yeah. all. That's all. Well, they might. Yeah. I mean, I don't. Yeah. Who knows if 33 year old Kyle goes in and says, Patrick, we want you to waive your trade clause. And Kane might just go, <laughs> you know, well, <laughs> and if here, here's another thing about Kyle too, Cal Davidson. If he's the guy for the future, you let him make these decisions. Is he, if he's not, you don't let him make these decisions. If he's like, making can, the decisions, then he is the guy for the future, I think. For sure. But you, but yeah, if not, like you have to get somebody who's, going to have the long-term plan and the long-term weight of these decisions on them. Like Gates said, like you can't, you can't put it all on a guy that's not going to be here or that's yeah. like, it's really to go to, to make it a, um, because of Cubs analogy, Theo Epstein stepped away. Oh, here we a, go, Sean. Here we go. Stepped away a year early. So Jed Hoyer can make the long-term decisions for the franchise because he wasn't going to be around. Same thing. Nobody cares, Sean. I'm just Nobody saying. Cares. It's just it, it's it's an analogy that works for me. Yeah, who knows? Believe it when we see it. I guess with the cane and tape thing. I don't know. I hate you, Kaya. Anyway, um, Davidson. Let's let's preface yeah, that. Yeah, nice talking with you, Kaya. See you around. <laughs> there, that's what. Uh, I'm hey, Kaya. How's it going? <laughs> well, all right. Two more on this. Kubalik. What are we doing with Kubalik? Trade him. Uh, Gabe. Unfortunately, his <laughs> un- I was waiting for you to call me. I, he's a Kubalik guy. I am. I'm a Kubalik guy. I like Kubalik, but I can understand why he's kind of he's kind of limited. Uh, he's a sniper, and that's what he is. Um, uh, and sometimes, and when he's not sniping, he just disappears out there. So, I mean, I can get that. What can you get for that? He's got youth. You might be able to get something good for him. I, while I like Kubalik, I would understand why you would trade a guy like that at this point in his career. You might, you know. You get something positive for me. You're not bringing back somebody else's salary. You're not, you're yeah. not having to take a loss on that deal. You're yeah. at least breaking even. Probably you're going to get something decent or at least a future. Yeah. So, I mean, if, you know, if anyone offers a first round pick for Kubalik, I would do it. 100%. Oh, I don't think you'll get that. I know. Even if you got a second, even if even if you got a second, the guy was a seventh better. round draft pick that you got for nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who cares? Well, yeah. I don't know. I mean, didn't Hartman fetch a first round pick at one point? Yeah, that was that was a couple of years. That was a low first round pick. Kubelik's value Brower. is down right Troy now. Brower was for a first round pick too. Yeah, yeah but but, yeah. but, again, but if Kubelik gets hot, and if, if Kubelik gets hot, yeah, continue to lose, then you might be able to get that. I don't know. And I think the 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 value of draft picks have changed in, since the Ryan Hardman and Ryan Hardman was like the end of the first round too. Like if you're if you. If you maybe get an end of the first round pick for Kubelik, obviously you do it. But I don't think with his value being so low right now, like he's not scoring goals. Like Gates right. said, if somebody's giving you a first round pick, it's the last pick in the first round. It's purely on potential. It's I'd not still on one. I'll just say oh, this. I'd if, do someone, it if someone calls you up and says, hey, I'm going to give you my first round tri- pick for Dominic Kubelik today, you do it. Oh yeah, today for sure. Yeah. You are you book his flight like during mm-hmm. the call. No question. Yeah, you, it's you, not going to happen. But if that I happens, if anybody asks, I don't care where it's at in the first round. The thing with Kubalik, as Gates said, he's a one-dimensional player. I mean, you could find those guys in in certain spots. I mean, but you know, going back to if you get the last pick in the first round, let's also assume that we have somebody. The Blackhawks have somebody who actually knows how to draft and, and yeah. make value out of it. That to me is going to be even more important than than where the pick is. 
Find yeah. me value. Hey, Kat. How's it going? Yeah. He knows yeah. how to draft. No, we don't know anything about Kyle on drafting. We don't yeah, know. we don't. Yeah. No, we literally only know that he negotiated Cuba League and Andy's name, the who shall not be named, players, contracts. Boom. Wow. Nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that that was like his flying moment. That's great. Awesome. Anywho, what about Flower? What can you get Trend. from Ray Flurry? And there might be a market for him. I mean, everyone, it, there's going to be teams that are going to need goalie. It's just a matter of if they have the cap space to be able to hit it or if the Hawks are going to have to retain, which they probably will. But right. there's going to be a team out there that's going to at least need a backup goalie to yeah. be able to, to to be there in the playoffs. And Mark andre Fleury is your backup goalie is not a terrible place to be. No. Uh, there's going to be and teams it'll be, like – And it'll be prorated, you know, before it, the deadline, which is – And I'm going to say this, and I said it I said it during the summer, and some jerk on the internet uh, decided that uh, – that I was full of crap, but um, Mark Andre Fleury to the Toronto Maple Leafs is a uh, is an insurance policy could be something, man. I I had thrown out in the chat the New York Rangers for Mark Andre. Another one too. That's another. They've got the cap space and they don't have a proven backup, and right. he could learn that system over there. Or if somehow the Edmonton Oilers can find a way to dump some some space to get. Mark Andre Fleury, and then they could use him there. They There's Senkoska in the back, but it depends right. on how long well, Mike Smith is hurt. Mike, Mike Smith is having some trouble right now. He can't seem to get healthy, and you know. But again, Shawnee, like you said, I mean, I I don't think they've got. No, they only have a million. It was a little over a million dollars in cap space. Would, there would be a little bit of money coming back from someone that you know, hopefully, an expiring contract that the Hawks would want after this year. Yeah, um, I mean, going the best, back to the I was just say going back to the Rangers. I mean, you also have the Gallant, um, you know, a Flurry connection right vegas so there's oh yeah that's oh i I totally forgot about that bardo and also let's let's say pittsburgh gets hot let's say pittsburgh gets hot and and are you going to trace casey to smith and tristan jerry over mark andre Fleury in the playoffs no No, about the rangers is that you know you have georgiev as the backup who i'm I'm not a big fan of but he's i think he's making some decent coin and he's got he's he's a restricted free agent and arbitration eligible they're not going to pay him because they already they just paid Shosturkin. So you get Flurry as sort of an insurance policy because Shosturkin's had his share of injuries, as has Flurry. But one of them has got to be healthy at one time. So you know that gives you an experienced goaltender with two and, and two quality goaltenders. Georgiev will probably have to come back the other way, um, and then the Blackhawks will just have a decision to make on him. But I don't think he's a one A goalie at all. I, I think at best he's a backup. Wheaton Academy. Uh... Uh, the pride of Wheaton Academy, Eric Andrews, said to <laughs> trade uh, Eric uh, Kuvalik here. Yeah, so. absolutely. Eric, there it is. Eric, happy birthday to your lovely wife. Yeah. And um, yeah. have some fun on date night. Um, the other thing, I mean, I think best case scenario for the Hawks is uh, is that Flurry goes to the Olympics and just shows out. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he stays healthy, he could go. I mean, Canada's goaltending situation is not ideal right now. Marc-Andre Fleury, as Eric has mentioned, I'll give Eric full credit on this one. And then Eric it was that credit. Wheaton Academy education. Yeah. <laughs> but if he goes to the Olympics and he does really, really well and he stays healthy, then all of a sudden that price tag goes up and, uh, and that's a good thing for them. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. So I don't know, a lot of movable parts here. You know, I don't, the Kane and Taves thing, I don't, I don't know if that's going to play out how any of us anticipate that it will. It'd just be so easy and so lovely just to say, get rid of them and start to move on. But they're, I mean, those contracts are so heavy. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just don't think I think with Rocky feeling like, you know, 
they're the boys. They've been around since the beginning kind of thing. I think right. he's just going to be loyal to him and he's going to eat it all the way to the end. He eat those contracts, let them, you know, let, if they're going to, if they're going to offer him extensions, they're going to, but, um, you know, we, we debated that, but, uh, they're going to let it go. I think they're going to let it go. They're not going to, I don't think they're going to trade him. I think yeah. Dun- letting Duncan Keith go was about as close as they were going to get to, to, but not, you know, it was the only one they were going to like going. And that was because he asked to go. Yeah, he wanted to be with his kid. Very perfect. So it's like, they were going to keep him too. They were going to hang on to all these guys. The only guy they let go of really was Corey Crawford. Yeah. 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 Interesting. We can blame Jeremy Colleton for that. Yeah, I blame I, him for a lot of things. Yeah. I think we should just blame Jeremy Colleton for as much as we possibly can. Him and Stan Bowman just wear it all. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, before- you know, the only thing I think about is when you know you you don't trade these guys at the right time is then you all of a sudden become what they were with Ronick and all those guys. They just let those guys rot on the vine, and I know it's you know yeah. we're talking about a cap era versus a non-cap era, but yeah. still, point is is that those guys just aged and aged and aged, and they never let go of them. They no. were just you know loyal to a fault, and it's just like at a certain point you got to cut bait. And I always give the example about Belichick is that he all, he he is a guy that knows when to say goodbye to players. Doesn't yep. always work out, um, yep. as we know. We saw it with Brady, but he knows guys like Richard Seymour and Ty Law, et cetera. Maybe they've had you know mm-hmm. moments, but they know when when you know the roller coaster starting to go down. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's better they always like they say it's better to trade a guy a year too early than a year too late. But on top of that, the the scenario you're explaining, Brent Seabrook. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It is. He just died out there. He just yeah, died, yeah. just died a slow, painful death yeah. in front of all of the Chicago Blackhawks fans. And me, who's a huge Brent Seabrook fan, just watched the guy go from what he was during those cup runs to just not even a seventh defenseman. Right. Yeah. And the, the, the LA Kings made this decision a couple of years ago. I know they're close to playoff. Like they could be in the playoffs next year if everything goes right for them. Like, they made that decision, and I think, not to give credit, I think Laz, not to give credit to Laz again, but I think Laz pointed oh, that man. out. man, come on. What is this? You guys are all fired. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I started that. That's my fault. Uh, uh, yeah, Stop right. saying good, Sean. You sound like an ass. Oh, wow. A lot of, <laughs> Sha- a lot of Sean uh, hey, tonight. Dylan Strom, another guy up for contract. Yes, I'm going back to his name as much as it makes my ears bleed. And if you can get a bucket of haggis for him, uh, it could be a good meal. You can't get. And I suggest you, you let that one marinate. <laughs> you can't get a middle round pick. Supposedly, nothing for Dylan Strom. You can't get a middle round pick for him. him. They cannot give Dylan Strom away right now. I mean, that I, is that. I one think you, I think you're taking a fifth rounder or lower back for him. Yeah, but after his last game, you just go into his locker room. You say, "Hey, take care. Clean everything out. Bye." <laughs> and 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 that's pretty much it. Real quick, we got a we got a hockey game to watch here in about ten minutes. Uh, but we, we, you know, we did have a, cre- a question. Someone, uh, uh, a very cool dude for from Twitter, from Twitter, from Twitter. We tweet every day, though. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Seth Jones contract. Yes. A question, something along the lines of. Where's Seth Jones going to be traded to in 2040 or something like? I don't know. It was very basically saying the Seth Jones contract. Oh my God, what did we get ourselves into? Would you all agree we could banter this around for days on Seth Jones contract? You know, is he is he trying to do too much out there? Probably. 
I mean, he doesn't have anyone else to play with. That drop pass uh, on the power play exiting the zone against Edmonton was gorgeous. Uh, that resulted in a shorthanded goal. He did it again against Vancouver, and Kane like went behind the net and went, God, I guess I'll go back and get this again. You know, Joe, he provides a little bit of an offensive spark. It's fun to watch when he joins a rush. You know, they've had some pretty tallies. You know, he can eat a lot of minutes. Is this contract the future albatross of this team? Yes. Of, oh, it definitely is. Yeah. I mean, they said that about Taze and Kane when they signed their $10 million deals, and they right. were really good at that point in time. Right. And Dabrinkit will get something like that. He will. Yeah. If, if he does, he has to, he's got to score 40 every year. Yeah, but yeah, he'll be in the 8 to $10 million range, though. If he gets 40 goals this year, which he will. I think he's on pace to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll be there, and then all of a sudden, now you've got two big contracts, and your two big contracts are Alex Dabrinkit and Seth Jones. Yeah. Are, are nearing $10 million a piece. And so are we going to be here, as a very cool dude for suggests in 2040 on this same ring cast, getting a little bit grayer going, why are we do this? Why do <laughs> we do it? Are we, are we going to be there, Sean? Is that what's going to happen? Yes, I think we are going to be there. If yeah. This is going to make Brent Seabrook's contract look like uh, I don't know, a trip to Sandals, Jamaica. Ooh, like, nice. yeah, it's um, you know Michael Scott and Jan Levinson heading down to Sandals. Like, I this is going to be this. This is Stan Bowman's. Like everyone was saying, this is Stan Bowman's imprint on the organization forever. Because his contract runs forever. Stan Bowman will be affecting this organization years when he's, you know, given speeches at Notre Dame or and not Notre Dame, the University of Notre Dame, Notre Dame up in Niles. Yeah, thank like, you. I was, yeah. They're not going to have him back. No, then Niles or something like that. He'll be at that Notre Dame. Uh, it's just, it was a bad move when they did it. The price tag was too high. And then they forfeited a first round pick in addition to that. Yeah. And they set the franchise back for years to come with this deal because as of right now, the salary cap is staying flat or going to go down for a while. Yeah. Yep. Bardo outlawed tunes and outlawed pipes. Same song over and over again that we're going to hear. You know, I, I've I got, I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass this year because of the fact that he's now on his second head coach and in, in what, two months of this, not even two months of the season, a whole new team. Etc. He's got the pressure of a contract and all this other stuff. So, look, I, we all know in the end when you sign these guys at you know age 27, 28 to these nine, 10 year deals, they just you know they don't end well. We just know that. The question is, is what are we going to get out of the middle of this deal? Yeah. What are we going to get for ages 28, 29, 30, 31, 32? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that that's really what it comes to. I mean, even he, when he might be good, the team might not be good. Yeah. Well, I don't know, and you're right, but I mean, you hope that it doesn't enable it, but uh, you hope it doesn't, you know, disallow them from making actually, you know, a quality rebuild and putting a good team around it. But who knows? Um, yeah, but I think, yeah, I, I think it's just really going to depend on what we get for the next four to five years. Right. The, the end of the contract's going to suck. I, I admit that. There's no no doubt about it. Um, yeah. But you hope that somebody can come in and actually do really well with the draft. And somebody can come in and make some really smart moves. And then maybe this rebuild doesn't happen, you know, in, in 10 years. And maybe it's a couple of years and he's yeah. still good. So I, mean, I don't, I, I like the point that Ray brought up last week and we were talking about Jones's contract. I mean, you're giving this guy this kind of money at 27, 28. And then the other defensemen that are just signing these contracts, a guy like Charlie McAvoy gets a similar deal at 23. Right. 
So but that's like, what I was saying before is that I don't like giving the deal at like 27, 28. Right. Like Adam Fox got it at 22, 23, exactly. whatever he is. McCullough got it at his early. I mean, that's right. when you have to give these deals because, yeah. I mean, it also goes back to Marion Hosso. I was saying before is that, you know, when they gave him his, his deal, it was like a what, 10, 12 year deal. I hated that contract, but I that knew contract that contract was to circumvent the salary cap though. That's all. That right. I know it's a little bit of a different time, but it's like, I knew that the end of that contract was going to suck and it did, you know, it, they, it actually didn't suck because the cap hit was way higher than the, um, the actual salary. He was actually getting paid less than a million dollars a year. Well, yes, that part of it. Yes. But so it actually, and, and I think, I his skin, was, was still playing at a very high level. Right. His skin, if his skin condition hadn't gotten to him, I think he would have played out that whole deal and it would have been fine. Yeah. Gabe's thoughts, are we, or Seth Jones, are we setting this up for the same thing that we've always seen? Yeah. I mean, there's so many parts to this. Like, first of all, you had Stan Bowman, who you knew was on his way out, and you let him do all this stuff and sign this guy to this con- this long contract. Right. That doesn't make any sense. But uh, yeah, the end of this, the, the end of the contract is going to suck for sure. I mean, some people are, are saying it sucks right now, like our boy Ray Napiatek. Um, you know, they over this great thing. You remember, remember how everyone used to tell us that Chicago was a destination? This is where everyone wants to play. Yeah, they want to play with Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze. Well, guess what happened? They went out there and they got a defenseman who may or may not be a, a number one, but was one of the best on the market at the time and paid him like a number one, overpaid him like a number one defenseman when he should have probably in reality made what seven, maybe seven, uh, six and a half, seven a year. They had to overpay him by $2 million or th- to come here to play in Chicago. Stan Bowman overpaid because the team stinks and the organization is in the shambles. Yep. That's why he had to overpay to get a guy that could actually play defense to come in here. And that was before the Kyle beach news mm-hmm. broke. Imagine, imagine the destination tag now. Yeah. It's not looking pretty. It's not looking that great. Anyway, well, on that happy note, we got puck drop here in about four <laughs> If any of you uh, have enjoyed the show tonight, thank you for coming, and, and we look forward to watching uh, the Hawks get decimated. Uh, I'll have a write-up for it probably tomorrow morning. That might not be that pretty. Uh, and anyway, any, pattern. Yeah, any of Hitter you black out there you know, want to learn about some of the other NHL franchises, specifically the Seattle Kraken, Get after the gatekeeper and follow some of his stuff. He's got good write-ups. He's got good podcasts. Seattle Kraken are us uh, gatekeeper. That is the Osborne way. There it is, a.k.a. Puckin' Hostel. It's not going to take that city very long to embrace their newest franchise, and they're going to get hot pretty quickly in the next No, but they are struggling right now. But, yeah, the Kraken Kraken Hostel, Seattle Ringcast, check it out if you want to learn about the Seattle Kraken. Yeah. It was a good. It was the last. I can vouch. I listened to the last episode today. Um, You're the guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm the guy. I listened to the today. one guy. You're our one listen. And um, uh, they gave. You just made the list. Emerald City Hockey pointed out that Chris Drieger and Philip Grubauer do not even make the saves they're supposed to make. So, yeah, um, Seattle's, and statistically, they outplay the Blackhawks in the last game in every category except goals scored. And I believe that was a direct gate quote. Yeah. Yeah. So. And they do every game, actually. They outplay every team, but they don't win, which is goes against everything. Yeah. Do you show a favor, go, out and, go out and buy a geeky jersey because that's the best name go. in hockey. Yeah. All my buddies out there from Boston that thought they were going to uh, miss Jeremy Lazon. Oh, my God. The guy is a pylon. There you go. He's brutal. <laughs> yeah. 
at any rate, uh, Seattle's a great town, and they are manic about their sports teams. So pay close attention, folks, because though they're having a rocky ride right now, uh, it's not going to take very long for for that city to embrace this squad, and they're gonna they're gonna be rising. And we got some great content at the rink behind it. Yeah, it, once their goalies start making some saves, then watch out. They're gonna they're, 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 there you go. So anyway, um, enjoy the hockey tonight, folks. I'm Andy Campbell, Bardo. Great to see you again, buddy. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Johnny, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Eight, happy Thanksgiving to all of our listeners out there. All one of them, two of them. We don't know. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Take care and uh, go Hawks.